Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to the Constitution Two Geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we're going to talk about everything from the first trailer to Marvel's Use the Internals to Jamie's thoughts on the Friends reunion and much more. Yep. So please feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. Let us spell all the way out. Um, also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we are at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. And we will leave a link to our Anchor homepage that has links to all of these in the show notes. And we would love to hear from you guys. You can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listened to. How are you today, Jamie? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, but also just, yeah, I'm I'm good for the most part. I'm a little busy right now because i'm doing something in a week and mm-hmm. that will actually so actually we probably should do some housekeeping stuff so next week um next week from when we from when we post from when we record this um i will actually be out of town or leave prepping to be out of town and so jamie will be taking and so jamie and your sister will be taking over is that correct um yes that is the plan for right now um me and my sibling will be uh probably most likely doing an episode on attack on titans like we're, we're gonna be probably going in depth like talk about it that's most likely what we're gonna do because i know that we'll both be able to talk about that for a little bit so mm-hmm. pro- so if you have any thoughts about attack on titans please send us tweets get hit us up on facebook and instagram or email email us i'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this um, I know I reviewed this like a couple months ago or like two or three months ago, but this is something that I've been wanting to do. And this way, we, like, cause I did very general thoughts. This is when we can kind of get down a little bit more in depth on certain things that happen and whatnot. So, yeah. As so why you, sorry, and I'm going to hang this over your head for the, for the future, but, and also as to why you decide to watch that show all in one sitting. It was a mistake. Okay, watching the show and like binging it in like a week and a half, pretty much, I think. Like very quickly, like literally like like that was all I was watching for like a week. We would just put it on in the evening and we watched like quite a bit. It's a very emotional show. I did not know what I was I'll, I'll this will definitely be something I bring up on this when we do the episode, but uh yeah, it was a lot. It's not it's a very heavy show and it's crazy it's insane i just but yeah i'm pretty excited for it honestly i'm gonna start working on the uh show notes for it and like uh picking out like how i'm gonna like format it if i'm gonna do like we'll do like characters first or what we're gonna do exactly and stuff like that yeah i just again as someone again and a full disclaimer i've only seen like about a good chunk in the first season and even i know i'm it gets like so much worse and i'm just <laughs> like so funny to me it gets so much crazier later on oh my gosh i just i i still i'm still just shaking my head but i digress just, yeah anyways moving on to our first topic uh we got the teaser trailer for the internals uh <laughs> Uh, Marvel Studios Internals features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. Eternals will star Gemma Chan as the humankind-loving Cersei, Richard Madden as the all-powered I- Icarus, uh, Kamal Johnny as a cosmic power as Cosmic Powered Kingo, Lam Hugh as a truly young old soul sprite, Brian Tyree Henry as the in- intelligent inventor Fastos, Barry T- uh, Keegan as the aloof loner Drew, uh, Drew, yeah, Drew, uh, Don Lee as the powerful Gilgamesh, Kit Harrington, aka Jon Snow, uh, as Dane Whitman, who in the comics is the character Black Knight. Um, with Selma Haig as the wise spirit show leader Ajax and Angelina Jolie as the powerful Athena. The film is to be, um, yeah, the film is directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao and is slated to be released on November 5th, 2021. Jimmy, what did you think about this trailer? I I know this is late because the trailer came out like a week ago because we've been a little bit behind. I freaking love this trailer. It looks so good. Um, I love the cinematography of it. Honestly, I think it looks beautiful. Like if those exterior shots are like CG, no, I think they look. They, I, I'm pretty they're, sure they're, they're exterior, like normal exterior. Like they're well, actually- well. Here's the thing, though. Um, I kind of want to. I kind of want to put a hole in that real quick because some of this stuff is actually shot like on location and practically. Yeah. Like Kevin. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Feige. Um, I think it was about a week ago. Said he was like showing this like some Disney executives and was like, um, was like, um, yeah, no, this is all real, by the way. Like this was not done in the studio, and so it looks, it looks just great. I think it looks great. I think um, I'm really interested. I know nothing. I'm very limited in my Marvel comic knowledge, so I'm very excited to learn about a new group of heroes or, or what I. I'm just going to call them a group because I don't know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to learn about them. Angelina Jolie looks incredible. I'm excited to see her. It's crazy that she's in a Marvel movie. Like I, that kind of hit me watching her, the trailer today. Her I was like, Selma. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. Just, I never would thought that those two would be in a Marvel movie, but here we are. I know. I know. And then the joke on, at the end of, um, uh, them saying who's gonna lead the Avengers now, and then the one guy I don't know exactly who it is. But uh, uh, I think that was, that was Richard Madden's character. Um, okay, because that that's kind of that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I'm like really excited to learn about them and to hear their story and to get kind of like a new story from Marvel that we really haven't touched on that much. I'm the only thing I do know is that they are kind of like semi connected to Thanos or something in the comics. They have that's, a connection. That's the only thing I, I know as well. And like this yeah. is like this is like C level like Marvel. Like even like the Marvel fans who've read the comics and stuff, like and Dara Marvel fans before were when this was announced, we'd be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. But I like I'm excited to see like their explanation of where they've been when everything's been going down with like Infinity War and Endgame and like where where these guys have been. Um yeah. and yeah, like it gives me kind of like how uh, the first um guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. not exactly the same thing but the kind of energy that guardians brought in like mm-hmm. kind of get a new group and some new characters and like a lot of people really like them i kind of get i'm hoping that it's kind of like the same vibe where like they really do a good job and like these uh that fans really like these characters and that um 
and that they have a good opening, I guess. It's like, I don't know how it's, and I'm excited to see um, uh, Chloe Zhao's direction and how she does, because it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm it just, I love this trailer. I'm like, I, I'm ready. I'm just, just give it to me now. Just, just give it to me now. I, I just want it now. And like, Chloe Zhao doing this to, again, off the heels of like her win on No Man Land, like, which is the one thing I will say about this trailer, I was very disappointed by, but then again, also I know that they have to market this to everyone, including uh, Communist China, who um, we won't talk about them. We won't talk about them on this, but let's just say, uh, uh, but at the same time though, it's like, I just, I, yeah, no, I just, I'm so happy for Chloe. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, I'm a really big Chloe Zowie found. Uh, <laughs> I'm a really big fan of Chloe Zhao because, um, I remember when this movie was announced, when she was announced to be directing this, I literally saw her first movie, The Writer, which if you've not seen that or Nomadland, it's on Hulu, go watch it. Um, when they, when she was announced, like, I was literally in one of my film school classes and th- we were watching The Writer. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, if she directs a Marvel movie, holy shit. And like, yeah. that was just also simplified by Nomadland and just... I just yeah no I'm I'm all for this movie like this is my most anticipated movie not a pretty most anticipated Marvel movie I would say of the year like Song Chi mm-hmm. and um and Black Widow yeah. and and Spider Man are still there they're still I'm still excited for those three but this is the one I'm just most curious about like I again I don't know that much about it but mm-hmm. it just it just looks awesome and then also you have this fucking cast yeah where I think you, that's what's exciting is that I feel like this is this is a like if they really nail this movie with the characters like this like because i feel like 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 you said that even marvel fans didn't really know a lot about these guys so it's like they have a really good opportunity here to introduce and like get more people in for phase four yeah yeah Yeah. sorry to interrupt you it's okay but yeah no it's just yeah no yeah no i'm i'm in i'm i'm in i'm i'm obviously in but yeah no yeah no I, i i can't wait anyways awesome. yeah anyways for another movie i can't wait for um uh, we got a trailer for last night in solo uh edgar wright's psychological thriller about a young girl passionate in fashion design who mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encountered her idol a dazzling wannabe singer but 1960s london is not what it appears and time seems to be falling apart with shady consequences the film stars anya taylor joy thompson mckenzie and matt smith and is slated to be released on october 22nd 2021 Okay, I can. Can I go first with this one? Yeah, go first. Okay, uh, as the big Edgar Wright fan, uh, I, fan I am, mm-hmm. and just I just yay, yay! I I've been waiting for this movie for about a year. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy we got it, and like this is pretty much his attempt at doing a Dario Argento. For those that don't know who he is, he's the guy who directed um the original Suspiria, or and or a Giallo film, and it is. He, is very apparent with just all the colors and the reds and just yes also i'm just i'm just here for both thompson mckenzie and anya taylor joy um she um both actresses i've been very much fans of for like years and now seeing them like go with like someone like edgar who is pretty much a fan of like horror and stuff also we get matt smith we get my we get my first doctor i didn't realize that he was in it and, and i had to rewind it because i'm like 
I think that's Matt Smith. Am I imagining things? And I rewound it and I got a good look at his like profile. I'm like, oh no, that's Matt Smith. That's the doctor. <laughs> it's like it's what went through my head. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm excited for that. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, no, I just yeah, no, I just I really dug this trailer and just oh <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. The story seems interesting. I was a little I, I knew nothing about the story, so I was a little bit confused. For a minute what was going on but um it looks like the cinematography like the way it looks like the colors the film and everything it looks good like it, and it seems very interesting so i'm very curious i know it's a little bit hoary but um we'll see i might check it out it looks really good hey i, I, I <laughs> we'll see. I, i'm not making any promises and you know i'm really bad at this but at, like keeping up with a lot of movies but i I am considering it because it seems pretty interesting. Well, well, as a as an Edgar Wright fan, as an Edgar Wright fan myself, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic. According to Variety, Amazon and MGM announced a definite merger agreement under which Amazon will acquire MGM for eight point four, um, pretty much eight point four five, or if you round it, like eight point six million. Uh, for Amazon, that means they will be acquiring more than 4,000 movies and 17,000 TV shows in MGM's catalog, including major film franchises such as Rocky, The Pink Panther, and a James Bond franchise, among others. The MGM deal is Amazon's second largest acquisition following its $13.7 billion purchase of Whole Foods in 2017, with insiders believing that the pact will be approved by the end of 2021. The pr- pr- uh, purchase price includes the assumption of MGM's ever long-standing debt. As for the studio itself, MGM will continue to operate as a label under the Amazon brand. In announcing the deal, Mike Hopkins, senior VP of Prime Video and Amazon Studio, said the real financial value behind this deal is the true show of, of intellectual property in this deep catalog that we plan to reimagine and develop together with MGM's talent team. Um, it is very exciting and provides so many opportunities for high-quality storytelling with Kevin Urich, the MGM chairman that worked with Hopkins on, on the deal, following up the statement saying, I'm very proud that MGM's line, which has long evoked the golden age of Hollywood, will continue its story history, and the idea born from the creation of United Artists lives on in a very in a way the founders originally intended, driven by their talent and their vision. The opportunity to align MGM's storytelling history with Amazon is an inspired combination. Now, for those who are wondering whether or not uh, the new Bond film, No Time to Die, will go straight to streaming or will have a theatrical release at all, don't worry, as as via Deadline, Eon Productions, the production company that owns at least half or uh, the film rights to MGM, um, MGM is kind of the domestic uh, distributor when it comes to that franchise. Uh, Barbara Broakley and Michael G. Wilson released a statement on Wednesday saying, we are committed to continuing to make James Bond films with a worldwide theatrical audience. Also, uh, they co-own the franchise with the two making the creative decisions, including marketing and distribution, while MGM just fits the bill. So, holy crap, this was big. It's crazy. Like, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon is crazy. It has kind of has its foot in like a lot of different doors right now and so it's very interesting um like it's interesting that they're gonna have the rights to like rocky pink panther bond movies like they're gonna have like it's gonna be very interesting to see what they decide to do because they have amazon prime 
So like, like, what are they gonna do? It's very interesting. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious to see how. Again, even though like, for the most part, like the broccoli's make the decision on, on Bond. I wouldn't be surprised if we haven't be like so. We have some ideas. I know when you know, we know we you have to sign up on them, but given where also the state of the franchise is right now, it's like it's still one of the most premier franchises, but just like mm-hmm. it's a franchise that unlike a lot of other franchises, don't doesn't have any spin-offs. Um, doesn't have any spin-offs, doesn't have any TV spin-offs or anything like that in that major. So I'm just like wondering if like, so we have some ideas. Um, and we and we technically own your butt. So but true yeah it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do yeah and i and i the thing with mgm is that i had a feeling it was gonna go to someone especially with the whole debt situation for Mm -hmm. years i didn't expect it to go to amazon yeah i mean it, it is a little weird but it like i feel like especially recently i feel like amazon has been working on its like original content game and like getting different kinds of content out I know these aren't going to be like original. It's going to be MGM stuff, but I feel like they probably saw this as an opportunity to still be competitive with Netflix and other streaming services. Mm-hmm. Like they could get some of the MGM content, put it on the streaming streaming platform, but then like they can do like spinoffs of different things that could be like their original content, kind of in a way. And yeah. Like. I get, I get, it's not the right wording, but it's like, you guys kind of get what, hopefully get what I'm saying is like, they can use this to spur on some other content. Yeah. Relevant in the streaming game. Cause I really think they want to still be competitive. Yeah. And the, and the, and this is like a big move and keep in mind also just Amazon in general, like again, they only bought this for about 8 million compared to like what they bought with Whole Foods. Again, <laughs> this is, this is jump change to them. It's true. <laughs> just especially given how much how much the um jeff bezos makes or how much he's supposed to make i honestly don't know after that divorce how much he makes now but just you know this is some change to them mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah no this this is just interesting and i'm just really curious to see how things pan out but yeah anyway moving on to our next topic via t- tv line the cw has announced its fall schedule with the sixth season of riverdale the eighth season of legends of tomorrow and the, th- the third season of Batwoman and the third season of Nancy Drew are all on new night. Riverdale premiering right after The Flash on Tuesdays, uh, Legends and Batwoman on Wednesdays, and Nancy Drew on Fridays after Penn and Teller Fullus. Only one new scripted series, the reboot of the 2000s show, the, 44, uh, the 4400, is slated to be on the fall schedule, whereas everything else, including Stargirl Season 3, Instrument Lois Season 2, will be on the mid-season. As for the rest of the pilots... Um, Naomi, which was created for, which was created by Ava DuVernay and based on the comic series such character by Brian Michael Bendis and Stephen F. Walker, was given a series order. However, one of the other, uh, one of the CW's other major products, Powerpuff, which was created by Academy Award winner screenwriter Diablo Cody and Heather V. Regnar, and based off the 2000s Cartoon Network animated series, will be reworked and repiloted off cycle with the four leads: Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, Yana Perlalt. Um, and Donald Faison, as well as cast, as well as other cast and the writers, such producers, all remaining on board the project. And finally, via Anton Weekly, CW Chairman and CEO Mark Pedowitz announced that the Flash Season Eight will begin with five special event episodes featuring heroes from all across the uh, Arrowverse. As for which heroes, Pedowitz remained coy, saying we. 
do know that uh, that there are a couple of feelers out to a couple of the actors, but we have no definite yet. However, one of the heroes that could appear is none other than Black Lightning, whose show just concluded its fourth and final season, literally this week, uh, with Cress Williams saying, we're just in the talk face in Williams, who just moved back to L- LA, which means uh, making visiting Vancouver uh, for guesting e- much easier logistically. I really enjoyed the crossover last year, specifically, I think me and Grant, Grant Gustin, uh, we were just very like minded on how we approach the work, and we've had some great, really great conversations. One of my favorite scenes of doing this character was the scene between me and him in the library on the Wave Rider on in Crisis on Infinite Earth. So the thought of um, thought of being able to go back and do another a episode here and there or an episode there, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm down for that. So want to start what what part do you want to start i mean do you want to just start with the schedule because we can just kind of that won't take very long we'll start with the schedule because you and i i literally before the show we kind of talked about the cw and how we might be growing out of it a little bit too much i mean especially with certain shows the flash (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you'll notice later in our recommendations we're not going to be talking about the flash it's partly for our sanity, so we don't keep going insane because we're both kind of frustrated with the show right now. Um, and I, like me personally, we talked about this um, after after Supergirl is over. I will probably be taking a long break from the CW, except maybe to watch Legends, um, because for some reason Legends doesn't bother me, and I don't know if it's just the craziness that is Legends mm-hmm. and like. I don't know why, but it it's not as in like it, Legends is just a different beast altogether. Honestly, I that's the only way I can really explain it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then I'll probably check out the Powerpuff Pilot, but I don't even. But, but who knows what's gonna happen with that right now too? Because it's yeah, a whole thing. But um, moving Riverdale to Tuesdays is gonna be interesting. I think it'll be good because it'll be after Flash, but it's very interesting. Yeah, I think for me, in terms of the schedule, um, I'm kind of with you on the same. I definitely will be taking a break from class. However, I will mm-hmm. I will be watching Naomi because that's Ava DuVernay and like I have to support Ava DuVernay and like just that and then whatever the heck happens with Powerpuff. Who, okay, I, I have a very complicated relationship with that because I read that pilot script. I won't say how I got it because I don't want to get sued and I won't say technically what's in it. Mm-hmm. Except I will say... I can uh, totally leak. It leaked. It leaked. It leaked back in March, Mm -hmm. and people are only now having it because some of the stuff were able to come on Twitter and stuff. And everyone's kind of all I'll say is that tonally, it's kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. And I and I was looking at it one way, but then also I realized something in terms of because I reread it again. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be a generational divide between Cody herself as a writer and the target audience, especially how we see the IP, because the cartoon came out when a lot of us, especially someone that's around my age, mm-hmm. was younger and like younger mm-hmm. and watched this and kind of took it, you know, at Bay Valley. Whereas someone like Cody, who was probably around like 18 or probably like around, you know, teen early teenagers mm-hmm. slash early 20s was probably looking at this probably very differently. And when you kind of look at it from that lens, it's kind of like almost taking the spite out of it. And 
it, and it just it's interesting because there are things I like in my life, but then there are also things like the dialogue's kind of a mess, and like everyone's kind of been harping on dialogue, and it's not very good. And the thing is, like Dayla is like a really good dialogue writer, but I don't know what happened. I think this just might be a first draft problem, but it's just I don't know. And like, and it seems like I don't. I honestly don't know what's gonna happen with this. Um. Yeah, you're right about you might be right about the target audience thing because I was six to eight when this was on, maybe a little bit younger around that age. So I was pretty young when I was watching Powerpuff Girls, and I freaking this was my jam. This is like I love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read all the leaks because I saw them pop up on my Twitter feed. I read like one page. It's very the dialogue is very like awkward um and stuff and it is a little weird i think it would play out better like when you see it on screen mm-hmm. i do feel like some like i feel like it, it i feel like it would play out better like if you actually saw it but i do understand why people were like this is terrible because it's not that great like on it like the dialogue from what we've seen it's not um it wasn't that great to be honest, and, it, and, it, and I can tell, and you're right, it's a mess. Like, you can kind of feel, like, you can kind of tell that. It's kind of like, it feels like it's all over the place. So, um, I don't know, we'll see what happens. It's going to be weird. Um, hopefully, when they redo it, but if she is coming from it from being, like, she saw it when she was, like, like 18 or something, like, young teenage years or whatever, then, yeah, she's going to have a totally different perspective perspective so it's it's because i do think she should they should still stick with the same idea like it mm-hmm. should still be a little bit gritty mm-hmm. but i but i feel like they need to ground it in something and i don't know what they could do with that yeah i'm i'm 100 with you on there and yeah again i know we literally just said that we're kind of getting tired of the flash and stuff but i do want to see black lightning interact with barry that's that's that was actually kind of one of my favorite bits from that particular that from my favorite bits from crisis it was him and like jefferson meeting yeah it was good i wish we could have gotten more black lightning and the crossovers and gotten to see him interact with more people but him and barry interacting was really great so so i do hope that he is one of the heroes that pops up i hope Kara pops up because i want her to have one more like thing like one more event like even if it's just like one more scene with barry um if she's leaving so like those are the two that i think should be there anybody else is whatever but um like i don't know it's gonna be interesting interesting that they're gonna be opening with a five part but it makes sense because they're probably like man we didn't have the crossover last year we lost like those are their biggest view incoming yeah yeah and and it's like thank you plague yeah it it probably hit them a little bit they're like crap we kind of like we kind of missed out but like we couldn't do it but um yeah it'll be interesting to see like because it's going to be like mini crossover so it's going to be interesting to see like what happens but yeah i just uh, black lightning and barry is going to be fun i have really hope one of them is kara Mm-hmm. I'm like crossing my fingers because I think she like hopefully she'll still be on the air or hopefully like they'll be able to get Melissa back just for an episode. I think mm-hmm. she would do it. Yeah, I think she would as well. Um, because like we like I I really really want them to have like one last even if she just pops in for a scene or something to say goodbye because like 
we're not she's her show's gonna be over so I don't know. yeah yeah i don't know we'll see what happens it'll be cool though yeah the crossover show is a lot of fun so mm-hmm. yeah they are they really are they're probably some of my favorite parts of the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. yeah Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to an exclusive from the Direct, HBO Max has tapped Lee Tolan Krieger to direct multiple episodes of the upcoming Green Lantern series, including his pilot episodes. Krieger has previously directed multiple episodes for several of producer Greg Berlanti's shows, whose production company is producing this. Shows including Riverdale, You, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Prodigal Son, and Man Lois, where he directed the first two episodes. In addition, he has recently directed the first two episodes of the hit Netflix show Shadow and Bone, as well as theatrical affairs such as the 2012 romantic comedy Celeste Jesse Ferrer starring Ann Perkins. I meet Reg- <laughs> Rashida Jones and Jake Ferrell. I meet Andy Sandberg and the 2015 romantic drama Age of Adelaide, sorry, Blake Lively and Harrison Ford. Along with Krieger's Hiding, Warhorse actor Jamie Iring took to Instagram to confirm that he will be playing the role of Alan Scott, a Green Lantern in the 1940s. So, yeah, no, this is going to be interesting. Um, again, I've only, re- I'm really only familiar. I just really, this guy has done a lot of like pilot episodes or rather episodes within the, um, I'm just going to, for, to include everything, I'm just going to call it the Berlanti verse. Okay. So, and within the Berlanti verse, and it's really interesting to see how much he's done. Like, the one I remember the most is uh, the Riverdale pilot. Yeah, I watched the Riverdale pilot. I haven't seen that pilot in so long, but like you said, he's done a lot. So he has a lot of experiences doing um, pilot episodes. So like, he's going to probably be fine. He's going to probably do a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's smart getting somebody who has experience because I feel like pilot episodes are a little bit different than doing the other episodes. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and then also, I didn't know he did uh, Celeste and Jesse forever. I didn't either. Some of the stuff, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, and just like, as soon as they, as they oh, he, yeah, he did the, um, he did that with uh, Ann Perkins. I mean, Regina. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to receive it. I was like. I will you, always take a Parks and Rec reference joke. I will always. Yeah, no, she will always be like, she will always be Ann Perkins and Andy Ann will. Ann Perkins. She will always and Jake will also, <laughs> and he will also be Jake to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how much I love these shows. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. I I didn't know he did. I didn't know. I didn't know that. So I was like, ah, oh, no, no, that's that's neat. But yeah, no. I'm I'm digging this. And again, um, with Jeremy Irons casting, I only really have seen him in Warhorse, which mm-hmm. was a long ass time ago. So mm-hmm. I I'm like, yeah, cool. So yeah, I'm totally down for both of these. And yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to our next topic. On Twitter, Netflix announced the rest of the cast for its upcoming adaptation of DC Comics' The Sandman, which will star Trump Sturditch as the main character Morpheus, a.k.a. Dream, as he seeks to reclaim his realm of the dreaming, or rather, his kingdom um, of the dreaming. So, the rest of the cast includes the endless physical embodiments of the power and natural forces they embody. This includes... Kirby Howell Baptiste, who played Simone in season three and four of The Good Place. So he, as Def, um, Dream's eldest sister and a second oldest of the Endless. So uh, yay for <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, no, since I thought her name, I was like, oh shit. Uh, Mason Alexander Park as Desire, the third youngest of the Endless and Twin of Despair, Donna Preston as Despair. Uh, Dream's allies, which include Patton Oswald as the voice of Matthew the Raven, Dream's trusted companion. Kyo uh, Rai, I believe how, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, yeah, Kyo Rai, Rai uh, as Rose, the daughter of Desire. 
Renee, uh, Renee Jamal as Lydia Hall, the daughter of Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, and Jenna, Col- uh, Jenna Coleman as uh, Joanna Constantine, an 18th and 19th uh, century aristocrat, adventure, an adventurer, and the ancestor of one John Constantine. As for the remaining cast member, uh, include Professor Lupin himself, David Fuiz, as John D., a.k.a. Dr. Destiny, a supervillain that can manipulate dreams, and is the son of Ethel Cripps, who will be played by Jolie Richardson, with her younger self being played by Good Omen star Nami- Namaya Walsh. I'm hoping I got that right. Uh, Stephen Fry as Gilbert, and Sandra James Young as Unity Kincaid. So this cast... Also, keep in mind, we got Gwendolyn Christie as Satan and Boyd Holbrook as the Corinthian. So keep also those those people in mind as well. And uh, yes. Um, Very I totally forgot that um, David Lewis was in this. Professor Lupin, I totally spaced on that. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor's kid was going to be in this. That's interesting. Uh, um, I- this like kind of a little bit insane but it sounds like it's gonna be fun i mean i have i mean i actually have a legit question i don't think i've ever actually this but have you read any of neil gaiman's no. sandman i know oh. nothing okay uh, okay yeah i might send you a copy or two because it is weird it is weird as metaphorical it is great it's just probably one of the best comics i've read and like he is just a brilliant writer and just takes from like you know mythology and, and and you know mythology and like um but different religions and just compounds them into stories and parables mm-hmm. and stuff and just it's just so beautiful and just mm-hmm. they've been trying to get this off the ground for years and like and there was even a version that ten uh ted russo and terry um ted ellie and terry russo tried to do the parts of caribbean writers tried to get off the ground back mm-hmm. in the 90s but they couldn't because of uh one <laughs> um what's his fucking name uh john peters Oh. The Superman Lives guy. Oh, wow. And he was trying to get, like, uh, Sandman to, like, battle the Corinthians up, and he's like, no, that's not how it works! Man. So this is going to be on Netflix, right? This is going to be on Netflix, and this is being held, and this is also being held by, surprisingly enough, and funny enough about the Wonder Woman connection, this is being um, done by the original, uh, the screenwriter from Wonder Woman 1 uh, for the first Wonder Woman movie, Alan Heinberg. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, no, I, I'm really excited for this. This is like, has just my interest just completely peaked, and I love this cast. Um, again, we got freaking Simone in the from the good place on this. I know, I know. The cast seems really good. Um, man, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I know nothing about Sandman, so this is like, I'm like, why are all like, what is going on? But. It sounds like they got a really good cat, so it should be pretty exciting. Um, having John Constantine's ancestor involved is going to be very interesting, too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, and also just getting Jenna Coleman again from Doctor Who is like very interesting. And Doctor Who references this episode. Oh, yeah. And well, again, keep in mind, like, Gaiman's British, and most of the cast is, at least when we want to be able to gather, are British. That's true. British royalty, so it's like, especially when you have like someone like Stephen Fry on there, who's like yeah, a, a part of like the British lexicon. Like he, he, like like the thing I realize about British actors is that they've been in mostly, at least either like of one or two big things, or at least 
mm-hmm. someone from like the Brit from the other side of the world or the British slash Europe side of the world. They've either been in Game of Thrones or they've been in Harry Potter. That's just, actually accurate because I feel like every big British star was in Harry Potter or in Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> yeah. And also, speaking of British actors, this actually leads into our next topic. Um, we have the trailer for Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, when an assassin veers off mission to rescue a child, she triggers a war with a powerful crime syndicate and reunites a gun-wielding sisterhood. The film stars Karen Gillian, also from Doctor Who, and, ne- and Nebula herself, uh, Lena Headey, Chloe Coleman, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, with Paul Giamatti and Carla Gugino, with it slated to drop on Netflix on July 14th in the U.S., while internationally it will be going to theaters. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this trailer? I want to see this movie. For some weird reason, I do. I watched the trailer... Um, I'm all for seeing Karen Gillian lead a movie and kick some butt. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's just so funny to see her, like, look normal, like, look like herself now. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm so used to her in her nebula, nebula like, get up and mm-hmm. stuff from her time in Avengers. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It, it looks like it's going to be a good movie and it's going to be crazy. I'm glad it's going to be on Netflix. That's awesome. Yeah, I honestly I would have probably seen this in theaters, but I I, I would too. I would actually go see this in theaters. It looks like it'd be it looks like it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I I I dug this trailer. Also, just seeing um, because this has like you not only have Karen Gillian, you also have Lena Headey, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, and Carla freaking Gugino, and they're all fighting against Paul Giamatti, which kind of makes this a. Did you do you remember the movie Shoot 'Em Up with Clive Owen, and it was released around two thousand seven. I think I heard of that, but I don't know if I've seen it. Um, it, it, it was just like this action movie in which this assassin like rescues a baby and like he's mm-hmm. fighting against Paul Giamatti. I kind of feel like this is kind of set in the same universe where it's like a sequel to that, but it, is, it just follows like Karen Gillan and stuff. But yeah, no, I'm I'm just like I, I'm just excited for this. This looks like a ton of fun, and just seeing just all those women just kick so much ass is just awesome, and just I I, I can't. Yeah. I can't wait. The action looks pretty good, honestly. Like from the parts we saw, like I like the look of the action and like all the stuff. It looks great. Looks mm. like it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely will agree. Um, anyways, moving on to our next topic, an exclusive from Deadline reveals that Timothy Chalamet has been cast as Willy Wonka in the upcoming film Wonka, which is set to be co-written and directed by Paddington One and Two director Paul King. Based on characters created by Roald Dahl, the story will focus on a young Willy Wonka and adventures prior to opening the world's uh, most famous chocolate factory. Sources tell the publication that Wonka will mark the first time Chalman will get to show off his singing and dancing skills with several musical numbers set to appear in the film. He's been the top choice for some time, but scheduling was a, hur- was a hurdle that had to be overcome as training for those numbers is included in the prep for this movie. So this is interesting. I... I never took one as Timothy being a musical theater kid, but considering that he went to NYU, um, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And if he grew up in New York, yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he grew up in New York. I don't know. But if he went to NYU and was in New York for college and stuff, then. Mm-hmm. I, I think he did. I think he did. Because I remember when he was on SNL, he mentioned like, he kind of grew up with like the subways and stuff as well as like with the New York public library. So 
yeah, no, I, this project has always kind of been one of just weirdness to me. I, the thing is, I, I like the director choice, but it's just like, do we really need another Willy Wonka movie? And it's like, no. and also I, I kind of got, not into a fight, but I kind of got, was like, I had a holding on Twitter about this. Uh, I'm not going to say who it's with because I actually do appreciate the person. I think the person's also massively talented and stuff, but let's just say I, I, I brought up some choices and she was like, yeah, no, we're not going with those. And like, I suggested someone like Tilda Swinton, but it was like for the role, but it's like, yeah. But either way, this is this is gonna be interesting. I mean, again, they were trying to get off the stuff to go for use. I remember Taika Waititi being offered this. Oh, wow. That so, was, that's interesting. He probably would have done great with that, but that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm curious about this. What, what are you thinking about, Jamie? Hey, it sounds interesting. I mean, I like the original Willy Wonka. I th- was it called Willy Wonka or Charlie? Probably Willy Wonka. Uh, Willy Wonka and Charlie Factory, the 2005 remake, the Tim Burton one was called Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Okay, yeah, the original one, the first one, um, not with Johnny Depp, the mm-hmm. other one. Um, I really like that one. The remake, eh. It, I go, it's, he, I go, Johnny Depp just looks creepy as Willy Wonka. Like, it's what's weird. I go back and forth on that one all the time. Yeah. But, like, I don't feel like we need another movie, but, it like, um, Timothy seems very young. How old is he? Because he seems a lot younger than what they normally would choose for him. I think he's in his late 20s, uh, from what I remember. Or... Yeah, that's pretty young for Willy. Like, he's playing Willy Wonka, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no. Uh, that's a little it, bit. That's a, it's interesting. I think he'll do a good job, but it's interesting. Oh, shit. He's actually 25. Wow. Okay. So yeah, no, he's he's young. Hmm. So yeah, no, th- this will be interesting. Again, I do trust the director and like the writing team behind this and stuff, and so it'll be very interesting what they do. And yeah, no, um, but you know, I guess I guess this is what we'll, we'll we'll have to see. Anyways, yeah. moving on to our next topic, according to THR, the newest installment in the Evil Dead franchise, my favorite horror franchise of all time, don't at me, um, Evil Dead Rises debuted on HBO Max with New Line Cinema, who distributed the original 1981 film directed by uh, the Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness director, Sam Raimi, uh, set to distribute it. In addition, the film will be written and directed by Irish filmmaker Lee Conan, uh, Cronin, I believe, yeah, Cronin who was handpicked by Raimi himself, but Raimi and Ash Williams himself, Bruce Campbell, said to produce the film, though he will not be reprising his role as the character. Instead, the film will focus on two strange sisters played by Alyssa Sutherland and Lily Sullivan, whose reunion is cut short when flesh-eating demons thrust them into a battle of uh, into a battle for survivor survival. The film will also be a departure from the usual cabin in the woods, such small town settings of the films beforehand, um, with the assumption of the third entry, Army of Darkness, which is literally a time travel story and instead be set in the city. In a statement, Raimi said, I'm thrilled to bring Evil Dead back to its original home at New Line 40 years after the release of the first film. The company's history as pioneers of horror speaks for itself. I'm equally excited to be working with Lee Cronin, whose gifts as a storyteller makes him the ideal filmmaker to continue the enduring legacy of of the franchise. Uh, Campbell and Cronin following up with uh, followed this up with their statements about everything, the the casting, choice of Cronin, and New Line Etc. with Campbell saying, at its core, Evil Dead is about ordinary people overcoming extraordinary and terrifying solution, uh, situations. I can't wait for a li- 
Alyssa and Lily to fill the blood-soaked shoes of those who came before them and carry on that tradition. And Conan the Evil Dead movies filled my brain with terror and awe when I first saw them at nine years old. Jesus Christ, those movies are not supposed to be meant for a nine-year-old, but okay. Um, said the incoming Evil Dead familiar, I am excited and humbled to be resurrecting the most iconic e- of evil forces for both the fans and a whole new generation. Finally, Richard Brenner, president and CCO at New Line, said in a statement, New Line has a proud history of involvement in some of the most influential and enduring horror films of all time, and the original Evil Dead was a landmark moment for the studio. The movie transformed the, gener- uh, the genre in which each new installment, Sam, Robin, Bruce, uh, Rob Keppert, or Keppert, who's uh, Sam Raimi's producer on this, um, have continued to raise the bar. It's exciting to have them back in the fold for Evil Dead Rise after all these years, especially as they bring with them an immense talent in director Lee uh, Cronin. Um, his inventive spirit and his reverence for the franchise make him a perfect director to unleash the Evil Dead once again. The film is set to start ju- shooting in New Zealand in June. So, I, I as, as a fan, so Evil Dead, as I mentioned beforehand, the Evil Dead is probably my favorite horror franchise. I just mm-hmm. love it for its consistency because it never like drops below a certain quality, uh, mainly because Sam Raimi has been always involved with it, even with like the remake in 2013. Um, that was produced by Raimi himself. And so I just, I so whenever he's involved with this, like this is his baby and like I'm I'm all in for this. Like I'm I'm excited about the director. I'm excited about the casting choice. And just but also getting on HBO Max is really interesting because I was expecting this to be a theatrical release, but I, I get why, especially with like HBO Max becoming um really popular and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. that's somewhat interesting. Although I would have personally but while I would have liked the theatrical release, I understand why they're doing it. Also, it going back to like cinema, especially being like because it was because the thing with Evil Dead has been like at different places. Mainly because Raimi owns the rights, obviously, but it's like it's been with Universal, it's been with, um, I think it's been with Sony for a bit, for a hot second, and now it's back with New Line, which, again, um, the only reason why they got the right, well, the only reason why they were able, like, when it came to, like, the original movie, New Line brought the rights, and keep in mind, it wasn't even, like, New Line, um, as we now know, with, like, Friday the 13th, and this was before or maybe even the same year. I got to look up when Fred, the original Friday the 13th was released. But this was before um, it, New Line became the house that um, Freddie and Jason built. So, oh, okay. so this is kind of a big deal. So it's kind of like bring, it coming back together now. It's just, I don't know, it's really interesting. But yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited for this because it's like, just just give just give me more evil dead goodness. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as someone that isn't, a, I, I'm assuming you probably haven't seen this franchise, any of these movies. Yeah. Okay, that that's um. Well, this is cool though. It's cool that they're all excited about it, and that they're getting original people involved. In that, Sam Raimi like handpicked the director. Like all that stuff is awesome. It means that they really care about it, and yeah, and like you're excited for it, and you're pretty hyped, and uh, like it sounds like it's a pretty big franchise. So like, probably do well on HBO Max. So bring in people for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just. So go. So cool. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, and just uh, for those that haven't seen it, I do recommend it. It's weird, and the first movie has had a has one scene that was like, wait, what the fuck? Um, it just it's weird and it's funny, but it just I don't know. I, it's one of my favorite horror franchises, mainly because of Raimi and just like the love and creativity that he and like um, Bruce Campbell, aka Ash Williams, who's like the main protagonist for like all the movies, mm-hmm. um, kind of bring to it, including like the TV series Ash vs Evil Dead. 
because there was a TV series on Stars. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just the the amount of love they have for this, and just, just yeah. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next topic, we got an official trailer for the new M Night Shyamalan movie, Old, uh, based on the French comic Sandpaper about a family on a tropic holiday who discovered that the secluded beach that where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly reducing their entire lives into a single day the film stars gail garcia bernaro fizzy krebs ken lun uh nikki um amuka bird I, yeah amuka bird abby lee aaron perry and beth davids with heredity's um uh alex wolf and jojo rabbit and last night in soho's thompson mckenzie and is directed by one M. Night Shyamalan. The film is slated to be released on July 23rd, 2021. Gee, what did you think of this trailer? Why does M. Night Shyamalan make the strangest movies? I don't, I don't understand. This concept is so weird. It's like, it's like interesting to like a certain degree because it is so weird. You're like, because the whole time I'm like, well, what the heck is going on? Like, why, why is all this happening? But like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna go like running to go see this when it comes out. But it, it's, it, I don't know. What do you think? I just think it's kind of weird and strange. I, it's weird and strange, and I go back and forth with this man because this he makes very interesting choices. He makes some very interesting choices, and. I, I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding him accountable for a certain insert adaptation and i can't talk about it because i get so angry yeah we 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 won't acknowledge the existence of it it does not exist i repeat this thing does not exist but yeah no it's 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 interesting i mean i like him doing weird stuff if he could stick to doing weird stuff like then this is why this works for him because it's it's like it's weird but it's also interesting weird like he took like a kind of like a weird concept, but he's made it interesting. So we'll just I don't know. But yeah, he need this is kind of like where he needs to have his playground because this is where he's kind of good at what he does. Yeah. I yeah, no, yeah, I I agree with you on that. It's just it's very interesting and I'm very curious to see how this all pans out in July. But yeah, no. Uh yeah. Also good for Thompson McKenzie. Uh this is again the second <laughs> movie we mentioned on her on this and like that's awesome yeah so cool yeah moving on to our next set of topics um we got some more marvel news slash classic confirmation according to deadline sony has announced that former quicksilver actor aaron taylor johnson will be playing the role of spidey villain craven the hunter who was set to be getting his own solo movie which will be directed by triple frontier director jc chandler chandor while uh the equalizer one and two screenwriter richard wink and iron man scribes are malcolm uh, Markham and Matt Holloway set to write the script. Insiders say that Taylor Johnson came on Studio X Radar for the part after dailies for his, uh, for the upcoming action action pick uh, action pick uh, bullet train where he plays an assassin started c- coming in where his scenes would blow top brass at the studio, blow away top brass at the studio. In addition, actors such as his bullet train co-star Brad Pitt to Keanu Reeves to John David Washington to Adam Driver were all being considered before they elected uh, Taylor Johnson. Moving on to the MCU proper, uh, an exclusive Deadline reports that Happy Gilmore actor Christopher McDonald is set to join the upcoming Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, which will have Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn reprise their role 
of Nick Fury and Talos, respectively, while plot details are being kept under wrap. McDonald's role is apparently a newly created character that could cross over, cross over to the larger MCU, including appearances in movies and other Disney Plus limited series. Meanwhile, while talking to THR lawyer Jamie Mendenbaum, who represents actresses such as Danny Guerrero, revealed that he successfully negotiated a deal for Guerrero to star in a Disney Plus Okoye origin series. This is the second spin-off series that's planned to be set in the Kingdom of Wakanda, with the first being the Disney Plus um, show that was announced uh, last year. So yeah, this is all interesting. Um, I still don't know how I feel about a Craven Soul movie because he's mostly a villain for Spidey, but if it worked for Venom, it worked for that. That being said, I do, I'm, Aaron Taylor Johnson is a very interesting actor. Mm-hmm. He is, it's interesting, it, yeah. It, um, I think he's good. Um, it'll be interesting to see him play like a more flat out villain. I think, mm-hmm. I think that'll be interesting. Um, and I guess that means he's not coming back into like the MCU proper anytime soon, probably. Probably, probably. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we do have other actors. Like, for example, I was just listening, looking at this thing, and like, um, for example, like Haley Atwell, uh, not Haley Atwell, but Haley Steinfeld, who's playing, um, who's playing what's her face? Um, and maybe this is because this is animation, but some of the Spider Verse actors are now in the MCU, like Oscar Isaac's playing Moon Knight. Um, Haley Steinfeld, who was uh, Spider Gwen in Spider Verse, is playing literally um, Kate Bishop and stuff. Catherine Hahn was just in freaking um, WandaVision and she played like uh, the female Dr. Octavius. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's not 100% impossible, but it's it's less likely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, we got Shooter McGavin in the MCU. So funny. Which, I haven't seen Happy Gilmore in a hot second, but that's pretty cool. It's good for him. He'll have, probably have a lot of fun. Yeah. And to see what character he is going to play, what kind of character he'll play, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, um, so Akoya getting her own series. I am excited for I'm pretty excited for this. What do you think? I'm excited for this as well, but I also thought that she was going to be the lead in like um the other Wakanda show that's being in the works. So, yeah, but either way like um yes, please, please and thank you. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, this this is going to be interesting. Anyway, moving on to even some more Marvel news. This is going to be a Marvel week, people. Uh, according to an exclusive from that hashtag show, uh, Marvel Studios is looking for a Kate Mara type, not the actress, but someone that looks like her, to play the role of Cynthia Schmidt, aka Sin, who is said to be the main villain for the recently announced Captain America 4, which is being written by the Falcon Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spillman and the writer for the episode Truth, uh, Dallin Moosen, as the script of which Marvel does have is undergoing a rewrite. For those unfamiliar with the character in the comics, Sin is the daughter of Johan Schmidt, aka the Red Skull, working to reestablish Hydra. While plot details are scared, the exclusive reveals that Sin will be revaluing the legacy of her father, um, Captain America, aka C. Rogers, and Sam C. Roll as you know the titular character. Uh, in addition, is also and this is something I found really interesting. In addition, it's also revealed that Emily Van Camp will reprise her role as Sharon Carter. However, her role change uh, has changed as she was supposed to be the main villain. But following negative fan response to her arc on the Falcon Winter Soldier, Marvel, stu- um, Marvel and Kim Feige are hesitant to make her the main villain with the character now set to have a reduced role, but still a major role, role just not as the main villain. So this is this is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and by the way, you put in the show notes, so this is kind of like rumor. No, this is oh, oh yeah, this, 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 is a, this is a rumor mill thing, but take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if Shannon was going to be the main villain, obviously, like, her response from, uh, fan response from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was not it was super great. Um, it makes sense that they're going in a different direction. Yeah, no. I mean, it would have been interesting, but I mean, it kind of now makes sense with that character. But at the same time, though, at the time, it was just like, wait, why is she the villain? She's normally a hero, or like at least anything hero, and he does have a solid motivation. I mean, yeah, I know for sure. I mean, here's the thing: I don't mind the sin character. In fact, I actually am like, okay, now we're going back to the Red Skull stuff. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But now it's just it's it's weird. It's now weird, and it's interesting, and just. I, I know. I, I'm just hoping. I imagine now that Sharon Carter's role will come in more on like the morally gray side, whereas she's not like 100 like good, but she also not isn't like 100 bad. Mm-hmm. And that'll be Probably. interesting for Sam to tackle because this is his buddy. This is like a this is a colleague, and like I just I don't know. It's interesting, but I also get where the fan, where some of that fan response is coming from because it did seem kind of out of left field. But knowing that it was leading to at least this, I'm just I'm a bit more like. I don't know, kind of supportive of it, but at the same time, though, it's just I, I see where certain fans. Are. I don't know. I go back and forth with this one. Yeah. But yeah. No, Makes sense. Just, yeah. Well, anyway, moving on to our final topic of the of the day. Um, during an exclusive interview with Cinema Blend, C. Robert Cargill, who was the screenwriter alongside Scott Derrickson on Doctor Strange, and was set to come back to, to come back for the sequel before Derrickson left due to create differences with Marvel. Talked a bit more about Derrickson's departure from the sequel, saying it was great differences. Scott Derrickson wanted to do one movie and Mar- Marvel wanted to do another. So he sat there and said, Well, shit, I got this great script that I wrote with Cargo and myself, and I'm really proud of. We're going to go, we were actually going to go out to other directors for the Black Phone, the upcoming horror movie based on off the short story by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, and that is set to reunite Derrickson, Cargill, and sinister actor Ethan Hawke, and that has been in development for over a decade. And Scott was like, He called me. And called me up and said, dude, I have to make this movie. It's my movie. I have to do my money until after I'm done with Doctor Strange 2. And he really wanted me to bring me on to Strange as well. But in the in the event, but in the event that it didn't happen, he was like, Do my wedding. And I was like, Well, you know what? If you feel passionately about it, no, I'll wait a couple of years to make this movie. Carry on continue. It all came down to Scott. And Scott was like, Well, I can make this movie that I'm compromising on what I want to do want to do on or I can make the black phone and he goes you know I want to make a movie with Cargill I'm going to make the black phone it said and he said publicly it was a hard choice to leave Strange behind but it made it easier that he had a movie that he was looking forward to and then that the experience was just so great and we're so proud and happy with what we made it should also be noted that despite leaving the project Darius has praised the his replacement director Evil Dick creator and the director of the original Spider-Man trilogy Sam Raimi saying I've worked with Sam Sam Raimi, one of the nicest people I've known in the film business, and as a director, a true living legend, what a great choice to take over Doctor Strange. So yeah, well, this is interesting, because there's always, uh, a lot of fans have been trying to figure out, oh, is this because, like, Marvel, or rather Kevin Feige didn't want this to be a horror movie, and, like, I could see why, because it's, Derrickson's horror and Sam Raimi's horror are two different sets of horror, whereas mm-hmm. Raimi's horror is a bit more, like, fun horror, like, it's still, like, with, like, Bloods and Guns and stuff, but you can kind of, you know, you're having fun with it. Whereas Derrickson's horror is more, like, a, the jump-scary type of horror. And honestly, I don't think the jump-scary type of horror would have worked with uh, the MCU. I feel like 
yeah. Raimi's is more, you know, palatable and more works with, um, works with the franchise. And I, it, it does seem like, it, it seemed like everyone left amicably. Like, it seemed like it was a very amicable split. And like, you know, Der- Derrickson got to do his own movie. Marvel still continues on his own movie. They don't have any ill will. In fact, I even, I've heard some stuff um, in which they might bring back Derrickson for a third movie, but, you know, it's a wait and see sort of thing. But yeah, no, it's just, yeah, no, I just, it just seemed like there's a lot of people, especially given that Marvel has had a history, well, especially in the early days, um, Marvel Studios had a history of, like, losing directors who create differences. I mean, the biggest one was Edgar Wright with Ant-Man. Yeah. Which was still, which was still, I'm not gonna lie, still kind of sore. I mean, I mean, I, I love the Ant-Man movies we've gotten, but I still, like, what if? Yeah. But yeah, um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's good that, like, um, he left amicably, and I think they got a good replacement. I mean, Sam Raimi ha- has a experience doing like superhero movies, and I agree he fits more with what the MCU probably wants and stuff. So, yeah, and I agree with, with a lot of what you said. So, yeah. I don't have much more to add, really. You kind of summed it up great. All right. Well, anyways, moving into recommendations for the week. Um, so we watched some legends, or at least I did. I watched like two episodes. I know you said you only were. Were you able to catch one of them? I, I haven't think? caught. I haven't been able to catch up on any. I've kind of been busy. So. All right. Um. Well. Okay. So I will be doing a recap of the fourth episode while I will be seeing the third episode. So, with the third episode, well, that was interesting. I still don't know how I feel about Zari 2.0 and Constantine being a thing, but it makes sense seeing how Constantine doesn't have cancer anymore and he probably has like a whole new lease on life mm-hmm. as with uh, number four as with uh, episode four the episode starts off in 1962 where one of the pod alien pods that Sarah uh released at the beginning of the season lands in Central America two cards go to investigate it only for them to realize it's an IV um not a uh, nuclear missile or an ICBM but rather a pod we go to the wave red where Rory finds a lead on Kayla the alien's location Rory, Ava, Zari 2.0, and Scooter all go on the mission while Barat's asleep, with John Renoir to see, be seen, must be Matt Smith, say, uh, not Matt Smith, but, oh God, Matt Smith as, as uh, Constantine, that, that, that's super interesting. Uh, Matt, um, Matt Ryan's day off. They intercept the convoy and discover that instead of carrying Kayla the alien, is carrying a nuke that I mentioned that they were in 1962 Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis for, and for those that don't know, go watch 13 Days with Bruce Greenwood and X-Men First Class. Uh, JFK hears about this, forcing Ava to dispatch Nate and Zari 2.0 to Washington with Spooner and Rory, uh, tasked with giving the nuke back to Russia. Uh, but as they're doing so, they get stopped and have to follow a guard to Fidel's Castro's compound. Nate meets JFK's brain trust while Ava and Barad intercept the compound with Ava pretending to be a German doctor who specializes in extraterrestrial vivisections. As Ava is about to operate, Barad runs out of the room, only to meet mistake as Che Guerrero's cousin. Uh, Chair Guerrero's, um, in which he kind of has to like um, say that like he's um, Chair uh, Guerrero's cousin Jay. And for those that don't know who Che Guevara is, that is a historical figure in Cuba and all that jazz. Go go look him up. Go go look him up. Um, as they've um back in Washington, oh sorry, back in Washington, JFK learns about the stolen missile and sees a photo of Nate in steel form, which JFK decided to go to Def Con three. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Barad is hanging out with Castro, where he no- uh, where Castro notices some weed gummies, thinking that they're regular candy. He takes a handful and starts eating them. 
Oh, this has turned into very legend. <laughs> Ava, Ava takes Kayla and Alien out of the operating room only for her to wake up and escape. Mariah sings uh, Fidel a song only for him to see Kayla. Kayla, uh, the alien, which leads to Kasher demanding that the missile be fueled up, which leads to Washington to call Defcon 2. Dear God. And also, Baraz gets ousted when the actual chick calls. Uh, Rory makes a deal with Kayla while in Washington. It turns um, it turns into a mini football game in the White House between a rogue general, like this general named General Kilmore, and Nate and JFK and Bobby Kennedy. Uh, luckily, JFK and company win with the new uh, landing in Washington with the nuclear payload, uh, the nuclear material out. So it's just literally like it landed and it's like... <laughs> It stumps and it's like a stump on like the White House lawn. <laughs> However, the deal that uh, Rory required Kayla made with Kayla required that um, Kayla use the wave rider to find Sarah, which leads to everyone getting kicked off at saying Constantine's house. Uh, the episode ends with Kayla revealing her human form to Rory. This episode it sounds like it was very legend. <laughs> legend season. How do they get away with this? I don't know. They can do some crazy crap. I I swear. I know we've joked that the writers are on some are on something the whole time they're running the show, and I really think they are half the time because some of the stuff they come up with, like how do you come up with having your time traveling team go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis? Like, explain that to me, and then you like <laughs> it's crazy, and then you have like. Castro like eating weed gummies and like all of this craziness and then oh my god it's funny it's it's nuts it's nuts and like these writers are just are literally insane how 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 if, if you're on the legends writing team how the fuck do you do all this like do you have a set of drugs and are you sharing them with the Riverdale people because it's like um because um I'm, I'm I'm starting to think that the Riverdale people are on crack. No, I know we discussed that, and I think sometimes these writers do some crazy, crazy things. Yeah, but it's just, it's glorious and just, uh, yeah, no, I I love I love I love. So they haven't found Sarah yet, correct? They have not found Sarah yet. Okay, okay, so that's really like, I figured it was going to be a little bit before they found Sarah. Yeah, no, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit, but yeah, no, I just. Yeah, I'm just, just these guys, just how they're able to kind of balance like humor and comedy and just this is, this is fun. Maybe this is the issue. I feel like we talked about this a little bit off air, but we kind of are having an issue with Flash at the moment where we feel like Flash is just being dumb to be dumb. Whereas this, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's being dumb, but at least it makes sense within the characters, characters and motivations and stuff. Yeah, a good point. I feel like the other Arrowverse shows besides Legends feel like they have to take themselves so seriously. And I feel like that while it's partly a good thing, it's also partly a bad thing because I feel like they can't... I feel like they're holding themselves back when they do stuff like that. Like, they, they're, they're like... With legends, there's really no line that they won't cross to do whatever mm-hmm. they want. Mm-hmm. With the other shows, there's like this, there's like this line. There's like this, like they don't want to cross it. And like I feel like 
unless like the flash does something like crazy changes coming which honestly i think they need to do some like i feel like all these shows really need um like a reboot or something or like a fresh slate coming into next season like new like and i think it's good that they're having new characters on flash i don't know it's just there's not having fun the storyline is not super compelling um Mm-hmm. and stuff and like it feels kind of repetitive and stuff too that's another thing and this is like it, too convoluted it, it gets too convoluted sometimes mm-hmm. I don't know that, I know I'm kind of all over the place with that but it's just like there's definitely something off of Flash and then Legends the Legends it just works for some weird reason it just <laughs> works with Legends and like that's why I think I'll keep watching Legends because at least Legends has fun. At least when you watch Legends, for the most part, you have fun. Mm-hmm. The, like the writing, whether while it's ridiculous, because half the stuff they do is freaking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it, for some reason, it works. So. Yeah, it just it works because I think also another thing is that I think with especially with Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, they're all beholden to like this comic lore and stuff, mm-hmm. and that can really and if you try doing something outside of that, that tends to concur the wrath of you know the fanboys and just the target demo and just yep but if you but with legends we have no problem we we don't have that problem we could do whatever the fuck we want which is obviously a good thing with legends and then the legend writers obviously feel like oh yeah we don't we're not like maybe that's what it is maybe the writers feel like we have to do we have to honor the comics, which is great. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's obviously oh, yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. You want to do that. But there's that, like, balancing line, like, do your own thing, your own spin on it, mm-hmm. where you can also honor the comics, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, have fun with it. But I feel like, I don't know, they just write themselves in circles. With Legends, they don't have that problem. And I think that's obviously showing, like, why they're in a better spot right now. Than some mm-hmm. of the other shows, at least like in my opinion, I yeah. know some other people may not think that. But. Yeah, no, yeah, no. We, we might we might have the outside opinion on this, but yeah. Anyway, so you watched the Friends reunion this week, right? Yeah. Yes, I did. I watched the Friends reunion. Um, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I I'm debating if I want to kind of go into the little spoilers, but it go go yeah. into it. Go into it. Okay. So I really, really, so what the format is, you have the original six of them reuniting and they're going on, like all the old sets got rebuilt. So you got Monica, Monica's apartment, uh-huh. you got the boys apartment, you got um, the coffee house. So like you have the big three sets, you have the apart- the two apartments and the coffee house, which uh-huh. are like, those are the big, big sets. Um so you have them all come in, all reunite, and it's really, it's actually like really cute. Like that's the stuff I loved is them on the sets, them like just literally like talking and hanging out and like reminiscing on their on like the past stuff. And mm-hmm. like that's the stuff I really liked because like you got some really funny stories. Like they talked about one time where the actor who played uh Joey Matt LeBlanc found uh Courtney Cox, who plays Wanaka, writing her lines on like the, the table like the mm-hmm. dining table or something because she was having a hard time remembering a speech so she literally had written the lines and he asked her what's this and she's like mind your own business 
<laughs> he's like, what? And so then he ended up actually erasing it. And she oh. Him. It was, like, they did a lot of stuff like that, and that, that was really funny. Um, the other part of it was they did the interview with James Corden, which is still pretty cool. Um, like, you could definitely tell they were more relaxed when they were, like, just on the sets by kind of by themselves and just, like, hanging out and, and like, doing, like, they did bits. Like, there's a very popular, like, trivia bit where, like, Ross uh, reads off trivia trivia questions and then like it's the guys and the girls and whoever wins like they have to if the girls win the boys have to give up the rooster and the duck if the if the guys win the guys get the girls apartment because the girls apartment is the best um because it's bigger <laughs> um and stuff so like they did a lot of those bits they did like a lot of like uh they had lisa kudra sing smelly cat um they had like a they had guest stars come in and read off like questions and stuff and it was like that stuff was cool too um but I definitely liked more of them just hanging out and just like talking and stuff and like I really really liked that um because like that felt the most genuine to me because like I grew up I watched the show right but I was still too young to really comprehend how big this thing was back in the 90s and the early 2000s like they were freaking huge back then like they were everywhere there were magazines all sorts of places and so it's just like crazy to me because like I like I know they were big but it always kind it kind of hit me when I was watching so I'm like oh my gosh they were kind of like like they were huge back mm-hmm. then they're like people were wanting to go and find them like when they had a quick shot of them filming because they filmed the uh, episode in London on location and you could see people like they had like barricade fans off because they were filming outside or something mm-hmm. and whatnot and stuff. But it, overall, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, the guest stars. So you're probably wondering why was BTS there? Why was Justin Bieber there? Yeah. Um. So BTS was there literally. Like a lot of the the celebrity cameos were there were there just to kind of say, like, why they liked Friends and stuff. Like, David Beckham had a segment of, like, his favorite friend episode and stuff, and he picked the right one. He picked, like, the be- one of the best Friends episodes. Um, and then BTS had their little segment was really cute. They had one of the guys say uh, that's kind of how it helped him learn his English, and mm. how to speak English by watching Friends mm. and stuff in, like, American culture and stuff, and that was really cool. Justin Bieber was there to be in a costume and he just walked on stage, did a, like a little weird dancing and like walked off. It was weird. Why? I don't know. It was strange because he, he has no association to this, but apparently he was there. Um, and then they had uh, Lady Gaga was there. She sang Smelly Cat with uh, Phoebe, no. which is cool. Um, but yeah, there's like a lot of like and I, I feel like, I don't know, because I, I don't know, like, what, I haven't looked that much at uh, people's opinion. I did listen to my friend's podcast, because they talked about the reunion, and they said that they also enjoyed, like, when it was just the six of them talking um, and mm-hmm. stuff, and, like, I really liked that, because I felt the most authentic to me, and, like, that's what I wanted to see. I just wanted to see the six of them together, hanging out, talking, reminiscing, doing table reads of old scenes, and being funny. 
energy because they are so funny when they're doing their comedic timing they're freaking hilarious and i'm like i always appreciate it but it was really funny like Lisa Kujo has a missed a beat. She did it the exact same way she did it on the show. It was so funny. Um, yeah. If you know exactly what scene I'm talking about, if you've seen the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I but I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you did. I I have a weird relationship when it comes to friends because I've seen I've seen several episodes. I'm I'm familiar with the concept, I'm familiar with the theme song. I have friends that are <laughs> friends. I have friends that are other, I have other friends that are super friends of this show and like I I dig it like I get why they dig it I just for me like my favorite sitcoms are more are less of like the laugh track variety because I don't mind laugh track comedy especially back then but it's just like it can kind of get annoying at times mm-hmm. and just you I don't know watch two episodes you should watch um definitely watch the one where everybody finds out when they find out about Monica and Chandler because that one is like that is peak friends comedy it is like so funny because Chandler and Monica don't realize that other people have figured out what's going on and so then so they're like trying to get back at each other it's hilarious it's very funny um the thing all of the any of the Thanksgiving episodes are pretty good um and then the one where um I think it's called the one where nobody's ready or one where everybody's getting ready or something like that. It's an early Friends episode. It's like season two or season three, maybe. Mm. Um, and it's like, it's literally, it's a bottle episode. It's just a six of them. They're in the apartment. And they Ross has some speech at some gala thing for his work. And so he's coming in. He's all stressed out. And he's like, why is nobody getting ready? And so this whole thing of like, Stuff gets built on people's clothes. Um, people like, like, can't find certain outfits, and it's just like all this weird stuff that happens, and it's really funny. And it's like, if those actors were not there, like especially Matthew Perry, like if Matthew Perry is not Chandler Bing, it does not work. That show does not work because Chandler, like they, I think they even mentioned that Chandler and Rachel were the two hardest. Uh, they go into that too like you get to hear from the um i'm rambling on so much right now no no um, no, no, no you're you're good i'm just i just listen because i'm just like hmm. yeah they talked to the creators and stuff and they said that chandler and rachel were the two hardest uh like characters to cast because chandler had to have a very specific comedic timing mm-hmm. and kind of be able to make the jokes work because the people they had been seeing hadn't been able to make the jokes work Mm-hmm. Matthew Perry walks in and makes it work and he's freaking hysterical he's one of my favorites for Rachel they needed somebody who was because if you if you look at Rachel's like description mm-hmm. of her character she come off the best she's she's selfish she's young she's like entitled all this stuff yeah she's so got bra- somebody yeah she's got exactly, a, a little bit so they needed somebody who could kind of be likable to make Rachel a little bit likable so you're not hating Rachel the whole freaking time. Um, and so they got Jennifer Aniston. Funny enough, both of those actors, Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry, were both casted on other shows. Matthew oh. Perry was on this weird LAX airport bag, like in the futuristic show that was so weird. It was the weirdest freaking thing. I'll have to show you the clip. It was so bizarre. I've never heard of the show in my life. 
didn't make it past the pilot, obviously, luckily. So they mm-hmm. lucked out. They got him. She was on, Jennifer Anderson was on, uh, what was it? I forgot the name of it, but it was like another sitcom thing. And she had filmed like, they they were sh- they ended up trying to share her with the network the or with the other show and see who won. Like, and luckily they friends ended up winning because I think like without that cast that that show would not have worked as mm. well as it did because they all they all like got the characters and they were there because all those characters have very specific quirks to them mm-hmm. and the actors were able to nail them for all of it so yeah I just yeah it's just I yeah it, it just sounds interesting just hearing the behind the scenes stuff is interesting I think for me and just with my husband on the show and it's not like I don't hate the show or anything I've seen episodes and stuff but, you might actually like it because you might find it a little bit interesting since you are into all of this stuff. Like you actually might get a little bit out of it. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's just yeah, no, it, it's interesting. I'm just yeah, I I, I might I might give it I might give it a chance. I just yeah, there's just okay. I was gonna mention it on here, and then I was actually gonna talk to you about this off air because this is actually something I've learned. Are you familiar with the show In Living Single? In Living Single, I think I've heard of that show. I don't think I've seen it though. Apparently, it was a show on. I think it was around the same time as Friends that actually got canceled because it was way too similar with Friends. But here's the thing: it oh, was the- were they all black? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I literally saw. Okay, now that you see it, now I know why everything. Because I saw a YouTube video. Uh, what was her name? Clar- Clar- Clarissa explains it all, or something like that. She has a YouTube channel. I'll see if I can find it and link it. But she was talking about the friends because the reunion um, and stuff. And she mentioned that. She mentioned how, because she's she's black. Mm-hmm. So, like, she mentioned how, like, she's, like, probably, like, you guys, I know you guys are going to be, like, why do you like friends? It's so problematic and all this stuff. And so she talks about it. And it's actually, like, a pretty good video, kind of, like, mm-hmm. um, gives some good insights. And, yeah, I didn't even, I don't even remember hearing about that show, honestly. It only like, went on for, like, two living- Living in living single, it only went on for like two to three seasons because again, mm-hmm. apparently at the time it got canceled because it was very similar to Friends, or at least it was the black version of Friends that yeah. n- that never got a reunion. But yeah, no, it's just I don't know. It's interesting, and I'm not trying to like hold Friends against it or anything. It is kind of weird though. It is weird. I will give you that. It's very strange, and it's unfortunate if that's like what happened. Yeah, and and it, and it sucks. And it's just there, there's also some issues about Friends, like. How the hell then can they afford an apartment like that? Well, first of all, Monica's is rent controlled. So Okay. And rent control in the 90s was probably different from how we see rent control today. Yeah. So like that's a, literally a joke because I, I I think they made that joke in the finale because everybody I think has spent because if you look at their apart like especially her apartment, especially Monica's, the main apartment. Mm-hmm. It's a, it'd be a very expensive apartment to have in, like, I'm guessing they're in, like, pretty, like, there might not be, like, downtown Manhattan, but they're in Manhattan somewhere. Like, they're yeah. in, like, the city. Yeah, like, um, Soho or something like that. Yeah. So, like, because of that, because I think it was her grandparents or something, and then she ended up getting it. I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. the boys, Chandler has a... Pr- it's a joke um it's a french joke <laughs> whatever chandler does for a living i think he covers the boys apartment at least while he's there because joey is a working actor 
mm-hmm. um, a struggling working actor. So much so that there's um, I'm not gonna mention it. I'm not gonna mention it because otherwise you're probably gonna grab me by the throat. Oh, uh, the the spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> that yeah, we're not. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like he, I mean, Ross is a professor. So like he's a paleontologist, mm-hmm. um, and so so like his makes sense. Joey and Phoebe are the two that I'm like, how how do you how do you guys? And like Monica has a pretty good job too. I, and like I'm not saying what Chandler's job is because it's literally a fringe joke. Like none of them know what Chandler does for a living. Like legit. Like that's actually like a legit joke, and it's hysterical. Oh. It is something like in finance or something. I think I don't know for sure I'm, I'm wondering if he's like a bookie for the mob or something i don't know no like we have scenes of him in his work but he doesn't have like a specific title ah uh, okay because okay. I'm, I'm just like is he kind of for the mob or something or i don't know um but like <laughs> uh yeah i don't know uh, but the monica's apartment the main apartment is rent controlled i don't know about the guys i'm guessing maybe the same thing um but I really can't tell you. They don't really say much about that one. But, like, the difference between the boys' apartment and the girls' apartment is very, like... Very apparent. Very apparent. But, yeah, no, I just... Yeah, no, it's just... it's. Uh, I know, it's funny. It's very funny. Yeah, no, I, I just... I, whenever we talk about friends, and this happens off air sometimes, I always poke that hole. I know. Like, How it's a fair hole to poke. It is, because, like, rent up in New York is not cheap, so... <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing is, is like Ross, Monica, and Chandler always have pretty decent jobs for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel eventually gets into fashion design, so she does eventually get a pretty good job. So, like, it's Joey and Phoebe who I'm like, I don't know, because like Phoebe does weird stuff. I I can't exactly remember. She I know she does like a lot of like she does singing at the coffee shop and stuff, and she does other stuff like. And she picks up other weird, like, offshoots and stuff. But, um, yeah, Joey as a working actor, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, it's just, it's just interesting, but yeah. Well, anyway, that does it for our episode this week. Yep, so please feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks, up to the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. Um, also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we're at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. So that's spelled all the way out. And we will have a link to our, to our Anchor homepage that has links to all of these in the show notes. So if you just click that link, it will bring you to the website and there will be little buttons that you can click, like the Facebook icon and all that fun stuff. So. All, right. all right. Well, I uh, will see everyone next time and take care, everyone. Take care, everybody. Bye.